Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. In the podcast, Breast Cancer Conversations, we provide weekly discussions on all things related to breast cancer, from education and prevention to in-depth conversations with medical professionals, health, wellness, and holistic leaders, those who've been diagnosed with cancer and are living with a gene mutation, to all of you as experts in the field. With each episode, I promise to provide inspiration and support to leave you feeling empowered and part of this great community. Our podcasts are made possible in part by corporate sponsor, Store My Tumor. It was one of these things where we struggle, where she was definitely coming from this background where we don't talk about health issues at all, even with relatives, right? Like going back to what I was saying earlier, it is just not discussed. And you deal with it privately and you move forward and you just, you smile, you're happy and you go forth. Um, And here I am like, mom, I think I'm gonna like start a nonprofit organization to let the world know what I'm going through and put myself out there on the line and really take this risk and say, my name is Laura, I have, you know, breast cancer, this is my journey, I'm here to help. In today's episode, I am so pleased to be speaking with Christy, who joins us from Wisconsin. I'm in Middleton, Wisconsin, um, very close to Madison, so if you say Madison, that will probably orient more people. Yes. When I was diagnosed after test, after test, after test, at diagnosis, I was already stage How do we invite the openness of letting our our friends and loved ones around us know what's appropriate and not appropriate and how to interact with us? There is a lot to be said about empathy and I do have some opinions on that. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. You have actually been kind of following the survivingbreastcancer.org platform for a little while and you and I have exchanged a couple of emails and sharing your blog and information on our website with our community members which I think is so wonderful. If you want to give our audience an introduction, name where you're from, a little bit about yourself. Okay well thank you Laura. I appreciate this opportunity to be on your podcast and I'm happy to share my story with other listeners. My name is Christy Concer, and when I, I, I am 48 years old now. When I was first diagnosed back in 2012, I was 41. And when I was diagnosed after test, after test, after test, at diagnosis, I was already stage four. Um, that was a lot to handle and I chose to go through with chemotherapy right away. No surgery was really recommended for me at that point. Some people are very, very open about their entire story and um, what they are doing and where they are currently at some people seem to be almost kind of in your face with some of that information. Some people are very 
angry, it seems, sometimes with what they say. And that's all up to each person. Everyone is different. I was talking to another woman and she was saying, you know, no one wanted to joke about cancer. Cancer isn't something that you joke about. But I'm a funny person. I used to laugh all the time. But now all of a sudden when I'm around people, they want to be somber. How do I break the ice? How do I let them know it's okay to laugh? And I'm like, I know. Like, how do we start making fun of something so serious as cancer to let people know, like, I'm a human being. It's okay. We can laugh about it. My example was always talking about eyelashes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, even babies have are born with eyelashes, right? Like, you lose all your hair, including your eyelashes. So yes. for me, that was a really low point in my treatment when I looked sick, when that, it wasn't just the hair on my head, because when it, I first lost my hair, I looked like a rock star, like the red lipstick, the eyebrows, the eyelashes, like you looked like hardcore. But then as you kept losing more and more hair, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the eyelashes really play an important role in dust in your eyes. Yes. No one realizes how grateful you should be to have eyelashes. <laughs> and there would be some people who didn't know that I was sick, so to speak, but they would look at me and they would be just like, well, there's something about you. And it's just like, there's something about your eyes. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I don't have eyelashes. That's what you're <laughs> noticing. Yeah. But I did, I wouldn't tell them. Right, right, of course. But yeah, I, I think you each person just kind of sets their own tone and if you're comfortable talking about something and joking about it or answering questions that your friends ask, you, you know, there's a couple friends that I really confide a lot in. And there's one very good friend who she never asks me anything really about my health. And I know it's on her mind, but she and I just have, I, I, always have the best time with her. I cannot think of, of a recent memory or a long memory of a time where I have not had a good time with her because she just, she, she really kind of respects that. And she, she doesn't ask. I think it may be kind of hard for her to ask quite truthfully. So I respect that too, by not oversharing things with her that I, I think Perhaps she cannot, and she, she would internalize them too much, but I, I don't know if that's true or not. And I think you just say, you know, if you don't want to talk about something, you say, thank you so much for asking. I'm, I'm doing pretty well, but I'd like to focus on fun this evening. Let's, yeah. let's, let's talk about other things. I'll let you know if there's something that's not going well for me. I had a lot of anxiety about going back to work and she helped me write down scripts to almost like prepare for any sort of question that I'm going to get. And I would orally like practice these scripts with her to say like, okay, if, if like my boss asks me, if HR asks me, if a friend asks me, I had like a list that I could just like go on autopilot for and respond to you as opposed to freezing and, you know, having one of these like trigger moments. Um, right. I know. have a few scripts too. And I, I've used them because it, it it helps you deal with those trigger things. Yes. And some of the questions are none of anyone else's business. Mm -hmm. And they're they're I'm not always sure if they're asking because they 
truly, truly care or if they're just kind of being nosy and they'll they'll get their answer and they'll go on with their day and I'll be left fixating on it for the rest of the day. I'll go home and I'll cry about it or or you know, it's it's a trigger and it's just kind of like if I can stop that from happening with something that I've prepared ahead of time to address a question, then it's better for me. There is a lot to be said about empathy, and I do have some opinions on that. There's a bit of a backstory here. I was reading someone else's blog, and I, I don't even remember what her name was, and that's not important. I would not use it anyway. But she had a husband who had sadly died from cancer. It was obvious that it had been a long, hard process for her. And she she was very affected by that. She then had a scare where her doctors thought she had breast cancer. Mm. And as I was reading this, her, her timeline of events read very much like mine mm. in terms of mammograms, a second mammogram, ultrasounds, you know, you name it. It was just like, yes, I was nodding my head. I had that. I had that done. And to finish up her story, she did not have cancer. And one of her fears was how in the world would she get through this being on her own after her husband had died? And thank goodness she did not have cancer because she did not know how she would do that alone. And I, I do empathize with that because anyone going through cancer, it's, it's an ordeal whether you are on your own or whether you are with someone. But what really rubbed me the wrong way was her comment that it gave her empathy for people who are alone. And that was more upsetting to me than if she had said it gave her empathy for people who had cancer. I'm, I'm on my own. And I just kind of thought, wait a second, that doesn't really sound like empathy. It sounds like pity or you're feeling sorry for people mm-hmm. who do not have partners or husbands or or wives or are in a relationship whatever the case may be and i real i this is one of the things that was a trigger apparently that i was unaware of i could not let it go and i i started researching empathy and i was looking up the definition for it and it was the ability to understand and share the feelings uh, of someone else. And I'm just like, I'm not sure she's really doing that. And I I read some things Brené Brown had written about empathy and how she was defining it as being able to listen to someone and withhold judgment about their feelings and or your feelings and really trying to understand where that person was coming from. And she added that empathy was that feeling 
that a person was not alone, no matter what they were going through. That resonated with me. And I I started drafting and crafting a blog post on this. And, you know, it just didn't sit well with me because empathy is a, a universal yearning that we all have and we all have the capacity to share and give with one another, whether we have cancer or no cancer, whether we are on our own or or with someone, whether we're men or women, rich or poor. Um, I, I really feel that empathy transcends educational levels, economic status, ethnic backgrounds, languages and and borders I'll, I'll say that much and leave it there um, but if if there there are so many places where we could demonstrate empathy towards one another and I, I think we would understand what what people go through more I know I was um, I had gotten together probably about a month ago with one of my friends and we were spending some time together. And she she had said that she did not know what it was like to not have both her parents, both be without parents. Right. And m- mine have both died. She still has hers. And I said, no, you don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to be a parent and have a, uh, a child who has just gone off to college and is having some trouble navigating that experience. And she, as a parent, did not know how much to be involved with that. And I, I said I didn't understand what that was like, but these were both obviously things that we cared a lot about that had affected our lives and we could show empathy to one another because we, we all have things that we struggle with that, that upset us that are difficult for us to deal with. And my things may not be the same as your things, but they are similar in the way that they're hard. And, and we understand what that's like to be hard. And that's how we can show up for one another and be compassionate. So I, it, it was a wonderful conversation. Even though our experiences were very different, we were still able to meet in a place where we got it, where we understood as much as we could what the other person was experiencing. That's a really great example. I'm glad you shared that. Um, as you were talking, I was going through my mind like, I hope I show empathy. Is it pity? How am I? Like, I, I went through, like, you know, the whole, what do you, what do you call it? Like, the, the judgment or the bias. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure. I know there are times <laughs> where I I don't show empathy. As I thought back, I'm like, well, did I, did I really feel compassion and empathy for this woman who had originally blogged what she blogged mm-hmm. and it's just like I'm, I'm not sure I did or I'm not sure I, I always do and right yeah no no one's perfect no I think yeah that's a really great 
comment. I'm just kind of the mind's churning, which is yeah. why I'm kind of studying well, right now and kind of taking it all I, in. I know I thought of another example that had brought back some memories of how parents and teachers demonstrate empathy a lot when they realize that something that isn't a big deal at all to it really is a huge deal to a child. And I have this memory from one of my first years teaching in a different district from where I retired from. And these two little boys had been having uh, an argument and the one little boy called another his friend, he called him a fat baboon. Mm. And it's, it's just, you know, of all the things to have a conversation about that you never thought you'd have one about, that's what I had to have the conversation with these two kids. And, you know, that, that body shaming piece, we all come in different shapes and sizes. This, this little guy was not overweight, but I thought, that's where the issue was. And I'm just like, look, so-and-so, why would you say this? You know, our, our, our friend is not fat. And even if he were that, that's not the way we talk to one another. And the little boy who had been called the name, he burst out and I'm not a baboon. And I just thought, Oh, in my mind, you you know, that, that would never have. Yes entered what I should be talking about because I taught little boys and girls. There was not one baboon in the class. Of course, of course. And it's just like, oh, he's, this is the part that bothers him. This is the part that's the big deal for him. So we had to talk about that, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word that stuck. Exactly. Are a big deal to kids. And we recognize that as a parent or as a teacher and we need to do that more often, kind of as grown-ups to grown-ups. I totally agree. And, you know, I think that's a great example that just triggered my memory, too, of managing a cancer diagnosis and talking to some of my friends and giving them the permission to complain about the hardships that they were going through. Because I started noticing that people did not want to tell me that they had a bad day at work because it was nothing compared to what I was going through. It was nothing compared to cancer is a lot of the rhetoric that I was getting. And I'm like, no, it's a big deal. You're dealing with this in your life and it may not be cancer, but it's still a big deal. So let's talk about it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. And don't, don't you also feel a little more valued as a person when somebody else shares something that's bothering them? that they can still share that with you and ask for your help and exactly. Yes. Yeah. Completely. And so yeah. I, think... I mean, I don't want my friends to have problems, but no. I do want them <laughs> to still be able to talk to me about things that are hard for them right. because I, I want to be there for them. Yeah. I think that's a part of the, the empathy piece too, that I'm happy to bring part of this dialogue because it's not this comparison game of, oh, like you have it worse off than me or I'm better because, you know, I I have a spouse that's taking care of me through treatment or I'm not alone, et cetera, however you want to frame it. Um, but we all kind of have our own baggage that we bring, our own day-to-day, you know, big, small problems, the perspective that, you know, a health concern can give to you. But also, and I don't have children 
either. Um, you know, but I relate a lot of this to whether it's a cancer diagnosis or your wedding day or giving birth to your son. Like these are huge life events that impact you. And I think there's a lot of topics and themes that can be extrapolated from these experiences that we can relate to, whether it's the experience themselves or not. Absolutely. You said that really well. Thank you. <laughs> the chemo brain was, was functioning there. So. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, and I know you shared your empathy blog with us as well. I'll definitely repost that um, as part of a link that people can get more information on as part of this podcast too. Oh, you're kind. And, Thank you so much. And something we should definitely have more of a conversation about, um, you know, empathy and and human nature, you know? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Christy, for being on the show and sharing your thoughts on empathy and giving us clues and tactics and information on how we can empathetically respond to those going through breast cancer. To recap for our audience, I want to read a simple definition between empathy and sympathy. Empathy is the ability to experience the feelings of another person. It goes beyond sympathy, which is the caring and understanding for the suffering of others. I think this conversation is incredibly important because we don't always have exact relatable conversations where we experience the tough decisions those who have been diagnosed with breast cancer have to make. And so to exhibit empathy is desired, but we also have to understand that sympathy is just as good because not everyone understands what we're going through, and that's okay. And that's why we're enlightening them, sharing our stories, and hoping to provide insight in what it is like to go through a breast cancer diagnosis. Thank you everyone for listening today. It means the absolute world to me, to all of our listeners on Breast Cancer Conversations podcast, and to the nonprofit survivingbreastcancer.org. This would not be made possible without you. So if you like this podcast, please share let other people know about it. Please feel free to snap a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. You can tag us at Breast Cancer Conversations or Surviving Breast Cancer Org. Soon, also, I'm excited to let you know that we will be videoing most of our podcasts moving forward, so you'll be able to check out those videos on our YouTube channel if you search for um, survivingbreastcancer.org. All right, thank you so much. We love you guys, and until next time. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast are from personal experiences and are not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always contact your medical care team. If you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us some stars, show some love, and write a comment. It would mean the absolute world to me and will help get this information out to the broader community so we can continue to provide you with this free amazing content until next time keep on thriving